Welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans, and I'm glad to have you here with us today. Um, I want to quickly thank our sponsor uh, for this episode, Ernest Brenneman Saddlery. Ernest is awesome. He built me a saddle two years ago now. I've been using the heck out of this thing, and it's holding up really good. Um, he built it custom exactly how I wanted. Uh, it does a great job. If you're looking for a really nice custom saddle, make sure you give Ernest a call. His number is 417-589-0209. Uh, he'd love to hear from you. Tell him Ty sent you, and he'll take good care of you. So I wanted to do uh, to do a special uh, Thanksgiving podcast for you guys. And recently um, I wrote an article for Western Mule Magazine. Uh, it came out this month, the November issue. So some of you might have read this already, um, but those that haven't and those of you that aren't subscribed to Western Mule Magazine, you should be because I write for them every month. But anyways, I wrote an article titled Five Reasons I Am Thankful for Mules. And uh, this was an easy article to write because, you know, mules have done so much for me um, you know, I, I feel like God blessed me with mules and the mules have just uh, been such a big part of my life. I mean, I wouldn't be uh, married to Sky if it wasn't for mules. I mean, that's how we met. I mean, it's what me and my children, what we, what we do as a, it's what we do as a family is ride mules together. It's my career. Um, I'm sitting here at home in Fountain Green, Utah, and I, I look around and you know, mules have paid for all the physical things, you know, all the tangible things here that I have. Um, you know, they've paid for this property and the fence and and uh, the house and, you know, my truck and trailer. And, you know, it's all because of the mule. So I, I owe a lot to them. But, um, you know, there's there's even more to it than that, you know. So... I thought I'd kind of read this article to you guys and then dive a little deeper and maybe uh, maybe we'll we'll learn something together today. So, all right. So, number one, mules have made me who I am today in almost every way. I was blessed as a child to have a father who was deeply involved in the business of cult starting. We always had plenty of mules around that needed all sorts of work, even as a youngster. I was very interested in working with these long-eared critters. I began working for my dad on a daily basis when I was 8 years old. I continued to work for my dad until I was about 16, when I basically took over his training business after he was injured in a riding accident. It's been full steam ahead since then. My entire life has been influenced by my love of mules. So, you know, me and my dad, uh, I mean, that's, that's what we did together was we started Colts. And, gosh, I loved every minute of it. I, I learned so much from my dad. Um, you know, things were a little bit rougher back then. Um, you know, some of the ways that we started Colts back then. But, uh, you know, gosh, I learned so much. And so I remember coming home from school. Yeah, about when I was eight years old, from then on, I'd, I'd get off from school. I'd try to do all my homework. Um at school or on the long bus ride home. Um, and I'd, 
I'd get my homework done so that right when I got home, I could go straight outside and get to work. And and I would, uh, you know, for longest time. You know, my dad always worked full-time. Uh, he's always been in the equipment business, selling heavy equipment, you know, skid steers and backhoes, trackhoes, things, things like that. Um, so he's always done that full-time and then started Colts, um, basically as a side business for forever for you know my whole childhood grown up basically and uh yeah i'd come home and we'd work and we'd work until it got dark and then we'd turn on the lights and we'd ride some more and gosh i learned so much that and i i've always really loved horses and mules you know and back then we started just as many horses horses as we did mules and you know I was in a, it was I was in a very sheltered life, you know, growing up, as far as understanding all the different types of training methods and horsemanship and mulemanship, you know, we just did it. I mean, we just did it the way we always did, you know. It didn't change anything. And I remember when people, you know, as I got older, and you know, in school we talk about horses and mules and you know, with my buddies that had horses. And they're like, so what do you like better, horses or mules? And I thought, well, well, for what? What do you mean what I like better? I like them both. And, you know, to, to them it was so odd that somebody could like both horses and mules and not be biased. And um, and then later on the, the topics changed from, you know, what do you like better to, you know, well, oh, mules are so different. you got to train them so different. And, boy, that's still one of the, that's one of the main things I hear almost every day is people want to throw in there how different they are. There are some differences. And if you've listened to recent podcasts, I've talked about some of those differences. But there's way more similarity than there is ever going to be differences. They're equine. And all the roots thereof within the equine are there in both of them and you know i don't do anything different and it's interesting you know i don't do anything different with with horses or mules okay right now if you you know if you watch me riding a horse okay you'd observe what i'm doing and then i get on a mule and you observe what i'm doing and you'd compare and it's exactly the same okay i don't do anything different as far as if I wrote you a step-by-step-by-step guide what to do, you know, I could really fool you. I could sell you a horse training manual, and you'd buy it because you'd be interested. And then I'd sell you a meal training ma- manual, and you'd buy it because you're interested, right? And you'd read one, and you're like, oh, that's really good stuff. And then you'd open up, maybe you read the horse one first, okay? Then you open up the meal book, and you'd be like, my gosh, that guy, he just, he really took me. Because it'd be the exact same words, just different pictures. I just change the pictures on you. That's all I do. And so, you know, anyways, back to growing up, we would, um, you know, people would ask me, so, I mean, they're so much different. I'm like, no, we don't do anything different. And it's funny because I, I, I work meals quite a lot different than I did growing up, okay? But back then, the way we did things, I still did it the same with horses and mules. And then now I changed the way I, you know, approach this whole business of, working with animals, but I still do the same thing with horses, horses and mules together. It's just the, 
the principles and the the way I work with them um, has evolved over time, and I'm sure it will. Uh, you know, I'm sure if we talk 20 years from now, and uh, who knows uh, if this podcast is still around in 20 years, if I mean there'll be something else. Podcasts will be like old, and there'll be something else. I'm sure, but this this recording could last forever, right? Digitally, maybe. And um, yeah, if we talk in 20 years, I might have a whole different philosophy. But you know, right there from the beginning. Um, I mean, the mules have done everything. I mean, mules paid for my first truck. Uh, mules taught me my work ethic. Horses and mules taught me my work ethic. You know, uh, I I learned about business from mules. I learned about how to treat people from mules. Uh, they've done so much. So, yeah, um, yeah. And when I was sixteen, so I I mentioned there. In that paragraph that I worked, for, I worked for my dad until I was about sixteen, and then I took over his training business um, after he was injured. Yeah, he, he, uh, he was on a mule, and um, he actually, my dad's really good at whistling, but he'd, he he did the really loud whistle when you kind of stick both your pinkies in your mouth, and then you, anyways, I can't do it. But he can, he can whistle loud, and you can hear him from miles away. But he did that on this young colt, make just a mistake, jumped out from under him, bucked him off. And just like that, hurt his back real bad, hurt his hip real bad. And that took a lot of steam out of him for starting Colts. And he said, hey, you know, why don't you, you take this over? So I did. And I talk a little bit more about this in detail. And one of my first podcasts I ever did, if you go back to the beginning, you can hear kind of uh, a little bit more about me that way. So, all right, let's move on. Number two. Mules help me be a better human being. One of the first virtues that come to mind is patience. Uh, patience, right? And patience, they will teach you, if you are willing. The mule also helps us to sit back and think before taking action. That is so critical. You know, mules, we can learn a lot from mules that way. They... Oh my gosh, they, they are really good at analyzing and just looking at things, thinking about it before they actually do something. Gosh, we can we could we could learn a lot because there's so many times I've said something or I've done something and I wish, man, gosh, I wish I would have thought about that first. Most mule people are great people. I don't think this is a coincidence. It takes a certain type of person. To enjoy the mule. So <laughs> that's so true, isn't it? You guys listening can all um, relate there, I'm sure. And you're listening, you're probably my friends that are listening right now. I mean, gosh, mule people are great. You have to have, you kind of have to have a sense of humor to get along with mules. Um, you know, and even even some of the worst guys working with mules I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen some pretty terrible crap and stuff that I am embarrassed to even admit that I was there while they were doing some of these stupid things. But even some of these people that, I think, my gosh, what an idiot. Um, they're still, overall, pretty decent human beings as far as, I mean, you know, they might not be doing things amazing with their animals, things that I approve of. Um, 
and their training methods may be barbaric. But a lot of these people, I could probably say, hey, you know, I need some help unloading some hay on Saturday. Would you mind coming over? I guarantee you they, they would drop what they're doing and come help me. Because you just can't be that big of a jerk and get along with mules. Um, and some people that are kind of jerks, they don't have mules for very long. So, yeah, mule people are usually great people. Another virtue the mule helps us to develop is a sense of humor. I just talked about that a little bit. you got to have a sense of humor. You can't be too serious. But above all, the mule has been an incredible example of service. It amazes me how naturally the mule desires to serve and help a human. Wow. Isn't it amazing? All of you listening can think of your mules or your horses, and they just naturally want to get along with you. Isn't it so cool? I mean, think of all the animals on this earth, and it's still equine. It's still equine. After all these thousands of years, it's still equine. That's the one animal that we can ride. You know, I guess there's camels and elephants, but, you know, you guys know what I'm saying. Equine are the number one for sure. All right. Uh, the last sentence in that paragraph. We could learn a lot from these creatures, but we often don't take the time to be aware. That's true. All right, number three. Mules help me see things different and show me that it's okay for us to think differently. This is, this is major. This is major because humans and equine we see things very different and from a very different perspective, okay? I just did some filming today. We got a couple yearlings here, and I was doing some filming today with uh, Roper, uh, one of our yearlings, and I was talking in that video about how basically the mule, the mule sees everything as if it's going to kill them, and it's going to kill them until proven otherwise in their mind, okay? So everything is a danger, until they prove otherwise. Guys, we just don't live in that world, do we? Um, I mean, some people, uh, some of you are listening from other countries, and there's some countries that uh, I suppose you guys are pretty close to, to that maybe. But not here in the U.S. We just don't live that way. I don't, I don't walk around thinking that everything is going to kill me or eat me. But these, these mules in their natural state, their, their instinctual, driven state, they, they think everything's going to kill them until they prove otherwise. So that's one of our jobs, right? As in, you guys have heard me talk about this in the clinics a bunch. You know, it's our job to get these mules to, to, to shift over to the thinking side of their brain. That's the difference right there. The thinking side. We humans, we naturally have the ability to reason. The mule does not. All right. Uh, in my clinics, I strive to help folks think past the basic predator versus prey model. And I try to get the mule to use the thinking side of their minds. That's what I was just saying. However, I will just, however, I will just mention a few things here that help us to help an uneducated or inexperienced mule. One of those things is that until the mule confirms otherwise to them, 
Everything new is potentially dangerous. In an instinctual driven type mule, everything is going to eat them. This is why they might be quick to shy from a tarp or mailbox when we, as humans, wouldn't give those things a second thought. At this point in my life, I better know and understand that mules and I see things differently, and I acknowledge this and even appreciate it. I'm glad we see things different. Wouldn't it be just a boring world if we were all just the same? Uh, I think if we were the same, it would take a lot of magic out of this whole deal of working with mules. Sometimes we as humans think that we should all think alike. I mean that all people should think alike. I believe it would be a pretty dull world if we were all the same. It's okay if we have different thoughts and opinions. The mule has helped me to realize this. Okay. So, yeah. It's okay to think different, guys, right? I mean, I don't need to get into politics or I don't need to get into training methods right now. But... Isn't it great? That's what makes the world go around that we're all a little different. And I think that's what keeps a balance, you know. Um, so, okay, number four. Mules have taught me to enjoy the moment. This is, this is an important one because I'm, I'm the type of fella that is always thinking ahead. I mean, I'm sitting here at my desk and I got... <laughs> I got two planners ahead of me. I got this year's planner and I got the next year's planner. And then I got a notebook here full of clinics that I'm booking for 2022 already. And I'm uh, I'm recording this in November of 2020. So I'm always thinking ahead. I have a hard time being in the moment, honestly. But the mules have taught me to enjoy the moment. Studying and learning how mules process things mentally and how their brain functions has taught me so much. One of the age-old myths that really drives me crazy, and it does and it's absolutely false, is that mules will, will wait years to get a chance to get you back, to kick you, that mules hold grudges, etc. Guys, this just isn't true. This isn't true. It's been proven scientifically and through just experience. Okay. Well, after studying the science of the equine brain, we now know that the mule is not mentally or even physically capable of waiting any amount of time to kick you just to get you back. They literally are not capable of formulating a futuristic plan because the mule lacks a large frontal lobe. Guys, the mule doesn't even have the part of their brain required to plan ahead to kick you. So they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna hold that against you guys. Now, if you if you're dumb enough to do stupid stuff, you know, if you walk in your mule's pen every day and you take a whip to him. And they know that every time you open that gate, they're going to get it. Why, you know, you're going to you're going to train them. You're basically going to train them to a either flee, which is probably what they'll do. They'll probably try to jump out or get away any way they can first. But if they can't, and you make a routine of this every day, every day, every day, pretty soon they are going to start to defend themselves. Okay, it's going to be a learned behavior, not planned. Okay. The frontal lobe is the area of your brain that is in charge of abstract thought and planning. So the mule is a very moment-by-moment -moment type of creature. They truly live in the present. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think as humans, we can slow down from our goals, plans, and dream chasing to enjoy the journey and sincerely live in the moment. For that, I'm grateful to the mule. 
Oh, we could learn so much there. We could learn so much there, you know. They, mules don't hold grudges, okay? They, they are, they just live in the moment. They enjoy the moment. They, they, they don't see any, they don't look any further ahead than for peace in their current situation. If you can remember that, it'll do you so much good while you work with these mules, okay? Okay, number five. And again, those that are tuning in late or something or just getting a piece of this, I'm reading from my article in the November 2020 Western Mule Magazine, Five Reasons I Am Thankful for Mules. And I'm on number five now. Okay. Because of mules, I have made so many friends and met so many great people. Oh, you guys, this is the best part. This is the best part of my career. This is the best part of what I do is I get to meet so many awesome people. And this goes back to what I said earlier, that mule people are great people. Um, most importantly, I was able to meet Sky, my wife and my very best friend. We met when I was 13 and she was 12. Our dads were good friends and rode mules together. And as kids, our family spent many weekends camping together. Uh, mules have also helped Sky and I meet so many incredible people all over the world. We have friends in every state and in many countries, all because of mules. It's very comforting to know that if we had vehicle problems while out on the road, we could call upon the mule community and someone would show up to help. To me, that is something to be very grateful for, and mules brought us together. Isn't that cool? Gosh, it's, it's amazing. You know, not, not everybody in the clinics becomes my friend. You know, a, a, real, a real friend. You guys know what I'm saying, my real friend, right? I mean, I have tons of acquaintances. And they would help me, um, I'm sure, if I asked. But we've been able to make some real friends. You know, we got some real friends out there, and it's great. Um, some of these friends, I only actually see maybe once a year. You know, some of them twice a year uh, at the most. You know, and um, it's kind of funny. Sometimes I come home, and I feel at times I do got some good buddies here. You know, but. Uh, sometimes I come home and I feel a little bit more lonely than when I'm out on the road because I get to see my friends every weekend, you know, and it's kind of fun for the girls, Ellie and Swayze. They have different friends in every state, so they kind of know, okay, when we go to uh, Tennessee, we get our meet our, you know, they have um, a couple friends, Taylor and Memphis, you know, and then they go uh, uh, somewhere else and, and they got this friend there, that friend there, whatever, and... um yeah, they got buddies all over, and it's the same thing for me and Sky. So, and we had a couple vehicle problems this year. You know, some stuff come up, and people were standing by. They said, "Hey, just let me know if you need help. I'll come get you. I'll come get you. Come get your mules, tow, whatever you need help with. We will come help." And that's so cool. All right. So to finish this up. I have so much more to be thankful for, and most of those things I could relate to mules in some way. But lastly, I would like to thank all of you amazing readers, subscribers, and you guys here on the podcast, you guys that are listening. Thank you. I appreciate all you guys. You guys are great. Um, I would really appreciate it, you guys. If you enjoyed this podcast and others, if you haven't done so already, if, if you listen on Apple Podcasts specifically, um, if you would leave us a review, 
Leave us five stars if you think that we are worth it. And uh, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Um, say hello. Uh, tell me your mule's name and, and where you're listening from. I'd love to read those. I'd love to read the comments and reviews. So anyways, there's so much to be thankful for. And I hope this uh, Thanksgiving season, you know, here in the U.S. and wherever you are, I got a lot of friends also listening to this podcast that are from, you know, overseas, and so maybe they have they don't have Thanksgiving or celebrate something different. But nonetheless, we can all be thankful for something. And I challenge you guys after listening to this podcast, sit back and think of what your mule has done for you. I promise there has been some some consequence of you being around meals or having meals or riding meals. It, 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 it might have been a negative consequence, but I've, I've uh, also learned that pretty much anything negative has um, born something positive. Everything that's happened negative in my life has, has brought something better. So uh, maybe you guys can sit back and think about what the meal has done for you um and i would love to uh, hear about that so anyways i appreciate you guys listening god bless you have a happy thanksgiving and we will see you down the road